<laughs> the Tony Kornheiser Show is on now. Ah, <laughs> uh, we're live at Chatter. Everybody's here for breakfast. Yay. We're very happy. We open for breakfast when the show is on at 7 o'clock. You go to the corner of Wisconsin Avenue Northwest and Jennifer Street Northwest in Friendship Heights. Gary Braun is here. Chris Saliza is here. There's a lot of things to talk about, and I'm not going to do it today because we're guest loaded. For the rest of the week, when the only thing we have to talk about is the NHL or the NBA playoffs, believe me, I'm not going to talk about them. And I'll, I'll just, I'm going to talk just briefly about the nature of my trip to say this. I'm never doing this again. I took too much time off. It, it was too long. It, I just, it was just too long. I missed doing this. I missed PTI. I don't have that much longer to do these things. I'm not, you know, PTI, I'm going to get canned yeah. pretty soon. And I really like my jobs. I was down in Pinehurst, and one of the days I was playing, I always have the same caddy when we play number two. His name is Dope. But he said at one point, he just said, you've got the greatest jobs in the world. And I, I do. What the hell is that? What would you say you do here? Stone's Weekly Dose. Because I'm kind of an idiot. I'm a dumb guy. Brian, you don't have to keep trying so hard to impress me. I already really like you. Your midweek download destination. I told you about Brian. I told you. Come on, man. Brian was just making a joke. I'm so lucky to have met you, Brian. You're such an amazing guy. It's Stone's Weekly Dose. And note to self, don't die, even though a couple days ago, I absolutely wanted to. Not really, but it's as bad as I've felt in a long time. I'll get to that in a minute. It's been a couple weeks almost. Appreciate you guys finding the show. Appreciate you guys having some patience. Things are different this week. I'm going to have two podcasts. This is the first of two. This will be dropping on Monday, April 16, 2018. Thank you for finding the show. There might have been a few people who were catching on the hint through social media and who I had talked to through social media and text messages and different kinds of communication that might be a little bit disappointed in the direction of this show today specifically, just this one in particular, because this is going to be my uh, recap of my trip to D.C. Yeah, I call it an old person slideshow, an audio slideshow. As some people are going to think that's interesting, some aren't. I, I, I'll be honest with you, I know I kind of say things like this at times, and sometimes I mean it more than others. I'm a little bit distracted. I didn't get my show sheets put together like I planned. Again, I know I say that a lot. Or I leave them at work, or I screw that up. They're not necessary. I, I can blab into a microphone for hours on end. It's just if I, you know, I want to try to be coherent and make sense and have a good flow. If I put down the direction I want to go, it helps. Uh, there's some talk radio hosts in this city. If they would do that, would have better results. I'm a little distracted because there's something that has taken place at the end of the week that I had at the second week of April was my uh, my birthday week. I, I I went to D.C. and Baltimore, and I took the entire week off. I didn't work. I just, I even decided I'm not. I wasn't doing the podcast. I was planning on doing it originally live from D.C. And then I decided I'd do it when I got back. And then I said, screw all that all the way around. I'll do it the following week. And instead, I'll do two podcasts because so much had gone on during that week that I was gone. And I'm sure every week has just as much stuff going on. 
it just feels like when you're away and disconnected and then you just kind of get a waterfall of information that just kind of starts falling on you as you get back into town. It's like, whoa, that and whoa, murders and whoa, uh, offensive uh, radio shows and blah, blah. It's like and, you know, bombs in Syria. And it's just like, what the hell is going on? I got to get caught up here. So my first thought was is that I would do this show immediately but uh, when I come back into my regular grind, which starts today, April 16th. And then in the middle of the week, Wednesday or Thursday, most likely Thursday, I would do the catch-up of the week from the, you know, kind of the last week tonight kind of style that, uh, that John Oliver does on HBO and just kind of play a catch-up. But as I was ending the week on the, uh, let's see, the 12th and the 13th of April, Thursday and Friday, I still wasn't a totally connected back in and I was running around doing some errands and I didn't hear the radio show that um again I can't I, I can't I, I'm not going to talk about it right now I'm gonna let this story breathe a little bit and maybe it's not even going to be a story but over the course of those couple of days and into Saturday the 14th I was infuriated by what had happened between a couple of local media members and some is total fake outrage uh, over something that went on at another media entity. And these all com- com- uh, combined people I know, some I love to death, some I effing hate. And But it wasn't going to be me just being an asshole for the sake of being an asshole. I was going to spell out what had happened here. And it is the absolute most perfect example of fake outrage I've seen in as long as I can remember. If you would like to know more about it on a personal level, reach out to me. If it's through Facebook, if it's through Twitter, if you know my cell phone number, you can send me a text. Instagram has a pretty good messaging uh, system through it too. Snapchat, whatever. I'll tell you all, I'll at least tell you some of the nuts and bolts on it. But I, I was asked by people involved who I respect their opinions to let it at least breathe. Asked to bury it. I said, I'm not going to bury it yet. Let it breathe. See what happens. This is just Monday. This happened on Thursday and Friday. I don't know if it's going to hold up and anybody's going to care, but just come find me, and I'll tell you in, in private all day long. I don't care if I know you or not. It might take me a minute to get back to you, but I'll try to respond to anybody who wants to know more about that. It's infuriating, and it's, and it's people who don't deserve to be treated the way that they're being treated. So I'm going to put it, and it's not life-changing, but it, it is in the day and age that we're in right now. And based on how sensitive everybody is, it could put certain people's employment in question. It could. It might not, and it hopefully won't. And hopefully not getting into that will help the, that just kind of just fade off. And if that happens and nobody loses any kind of employment or status or whatever, then that's a good thing. So... I hate it. I hate it. I feel like I'm I'm I shouldn't operate that way. I should talk about whatever I want whenever I want and I overall do. But the fact of the matter is is I work for one of the companies now that does somewhat have something involvement with this. And I have to I have to be mindful of that as well. If I didn't have a job right now in media in this town, <laughs> ain't a damn person going to tell me that uh I I shouldn't do this if I was a complete independent podcaster. And call me a sellout if you want. I, I, I think I'm, I'm being mindful of friends is, is kind of what it is. So I wasted a lot of the first uh, segment here 
on that. So sorry about that. Again, get a hold of me. I'll tell you more about it. So let's get on with the show. I'm going to go in and out of order of my trip to D.C. As far as I'm not going to start from when it starts and then end when it ends. Here in the first segment, I'm going to talk about the, the front end there. That's Tony Kornheiser. A lot of you know who he is. Uh, many of you might not. He is a, uh, and I was going to have all his bio pulled up and get more specific, and I don't have any of that. But he was a Washington Post writer for uh, many, many years. Uh, lots of different um, avenues for sports commentary, like the sports reporters, maybe all the way back in the 80s, ESPN. And he was uh, on the radio in D.C. for many, many, many years. And uh, I'm going to give you kind of a taste of uh, just a little bit of what his show sounded like towards the end of his, uh, I believe it's 980 AM ESPN Radio. Maybe I got that number wrong, but it definitely was uh, Washington, D.C. ESPN Radio. And then in the, uh, I don't know when, I guess when probably ESPN Radio started, which I believe was 1992, Dan Patrick was on mid-mornings. And or maybe it was flip flop. He was in the afternoon and Tony was mid mornings. I don't remember what it was, but there, he was one of the first original national ESPN radio hosts. And that's when I first started listening to the spoken word format was in the late 90s. So it had been on for and I don't even think it was 92. I got that wrong. I think it was more like 97 or 98. So I think it was first when it started. And I, I really took to this guy and thought he was kind of an ornery kind of guy. Sometimes I even find myself emulating him too much over the years. And then in the early 2000s, him and Michael Wilbon started what is one of the more revolutionizing television shows in the 21st century in the landscape that you see, the talking head shows. Those weren't even hardly a thing on CNN yet. I mean, they were, but not like they are now. And they're all over the sports landscape of, of cable TV, internet, everywhere two or three guys and maybe a, a, a woman too kind of battling it out I'm I'm mad at you you're right I'm wrong I'm right you're wrong you know that kind of thing they're the very first ones to ever do one of those shows Mike Wilbon who wrote for the post and a bunch of other places too and Tony Kornheiser around 2003 or four or so he did Monday Night Football commentary for a little while wasn't that great Monday Night Football for in my generation I don't believe has ever really been that great Gruden's been okay but so that lasted a couple of years, and then he was replaced by Colin Cowherd in 2003, and Cowherd went on to be one of the biggest uh, sports commentators, personalities, if you will, in really the country, and I was really mad when that happened, but I ended up turning out to be a couple of my favorites all the way around. This is just a, uh, a I threw together a minute and a half, however long this is, of stuff I could find on YouTube. It's not super awesome, hilarious stuff, but it just gives you an idea of kind of the direction of his show a certain scarring that goes with being an alcoholic. Plus, what are these noises, Nigel? This is the emergency broadcast yeah, system test. It's probably test. the end of the world. Why don't they test on somebody else's show? No, they do it every morning. I'm talking now. I'm thinking, or am I right on this? Well, team? I think to most people, it's kind of... I'm going to kill somebody. <laughs> I hate this noise. Can, can, do we have an engineer? Does, do we pay an engineer here? No. Is there somebody paid Skits to be an engineer? Yeah. I'm not, you know, it's just, My God. Oh, no, it's, Taco Bell has said... We use 100% beef, 100% beef. Now, I'm not a lawyer, but I think Taco Bell could claim to use 100% beef and still use only 40% beef, because that's all the government, in order for the government to sanction it as beef, the government has said we only have to have 40%. The lawsuit, the original lawsuit, the class action suit, says it's under 40%. So if you get to 40 percent you're you, saying you could claim it's 100 percent beef, beef because it is by definition 
I'm beef. A, it's beef. I'm not a lawyer, but that's the way I would go. And I, well, I can't, you know, who can I yell at? In the, under the new rules. There's nothing. Who can nothing. I yell at? How am I going to go? Th- Let's just give you a big conch show. How about that Cavs-Nuggets game last night, huh? Conch show. Breaking the win streak. Mellow. The bu- now, what am the I going to? What kind of show is this going to be? The Olympics. Get a medal count to this guy so we can go <laughs> in the... So I started my radio career in two, well, I guess if you want to count college, which barely counts, but I guess it kind of does, around the year 2000, but professionally in 2002. So that was right about the time that he was at his peak of his popularity from a, a, a radio standpoint, and then he took off on TV. And so he's been one of my favorites, not just a guy on TV or on the radio I like a little bit, one of my favorite people to listen to ever. And this is another case of, I've talked about many times about how it is, I mean, I'm a very fortunate person and I put myself in a very fortunate situation that, and it's just kind of a happenstance, I didn't really, I didn't really design it this way, but that some of my favorite artists, favorite musicians, favorite baseball players, favorite radio personalities, television personalities, not all of them by any stretch, but many, many of them I've actually been able to meet. I've actually many times met some of them, and I don't know what that says. I don't know what that what that means. It just, to me, it's it's just fortunate. It's just, to me, it's a very it's a very cool situation. It's very unique. Most people don't get in a position where they get to meet their favorites. And so, growing up, as I started to put together how I was going to do these shows and this podcast that eventually led to and talk radio shows, I kind of I based it on the model that I that I got from how I listened to Tony. My goal was to make what I did, what it, what Tony was to me, which is very difficult to do, but that my day wasn't complete until I heard what Tony had to say about that. Even if I might know exactly what he's going to say, like I feel like there's a void if I haven't heard what Tony said today or at least this week. And that's what I've always tried to model my concept by is Try to be interesting enough to where even if you're somewhat predictable that you can develop people's taste that just are interested in what you have to say about something, whether they care about it a lot or not. And while I don't think I've perfected it by any stretch or anything like that, I do feel like I've done an okay job of that. And so meeting Tony Kornheiser was something very important to me. And that was a whole kind of the catalyst to putting together this idea to go to Washington, D.C., he now is off radio. He does his television show, PTI. Probably won't be doing it much longer as they're firing everybody under the sun. ESPN is just a total disaster and all kinds of financial mess. Cable television and cable contracts are going to be the death of industries and the death of shows and the death of networks. It's coming. Slow, 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 death by a thousand cuts kind of thing. So he's now transitioned into a restaurant owner with Maury Povich. If you remember him from... Uh, daytime, to, you know, who's my daddy shows, I guess. A guy named Gary Williams, who used to coach Maryland Terrapins, and two other old rich white guys. I guess part of his deal was to do his podcast from, uh, from the restaurant every day, and I didn't think that I was necessarily going to be able to make it there, and I was actually able to do it. Well, I went on a Monday morning on the, uh, on the 9th, April 9th, day before my birthday, and the night before, I don't do mornings well. So me and, and me and my brother were bouncing around, flying, doing a bunch of drinking. I'll come back to that in a minute, as you might imagine, drinking and eating and flying and moving fast. 
Well, that Sunday night, I just said, I'm going to set my alarm for 5 a.m., see what happens. Because it's on the other side of town. I don't know how long it's going to take to get there. Set for 5, woke up, felt all right, jumped in the shower, grabbed an Uber, got at the restaurant by about 6.45, maybe 6.30. And there was no one there. Doesn't open until 7. I was the first person there. I didn't know if it would be a big crowd. I wasn't sure. Right at 7 o'clock, I just decided to stand by the door. She let me in. I got to pick my spot. I said, what's the closest to Tony for the best view? She said, right there. Probably a total of 12 to 15 people got in there. One side of the restaurant was mostly full. It's a small side that just to kind of be able to have a viewing area. And, uh, and then in walks Tony around 7.30. And he walks in and he's like, hey, everybody, how y'all doing? He came and walked by. I didn't shake everybody's hand, but just kind of walked down the aisle and was like, great to see you. Appreciate you being here, that kind of thing. I was like, oh, my God, that's, he's here. <laughs> there's Tony Conrad. This is so cool. And so I'm kind of on cloud nine at this point. I'm, I am, you know, my birthday's the next day. I'm like, this is like one of the best ideas I've ever had. And he goes into the, to the other room, which is like an atrium. If you can think of like the older restaurants that kind of have that glass arch arching room kind of thing. And they, he goes in there, they start the show, they do an interview and they go out of order. Podcasts, obviously the same. You can do them however you want. And then after that, he comes out and he brings everybody a tie, like a necktie. Somebody had sent him a box of ties. So I now have a tie. I've never worn one before. Well, I've worn a couple in my life. I have no idea how to tie one uh, you know, properly. But if I ever wear a tie for the rest of my life, I now have one that I got from the Tony Kornheiser show. He finishes out the show, and then he comes out, and he's like, uh, hey, who wants anybody who want to do pictures? Are you kidding me? This is great. So a handful, not everybody. Did some pictures, and then afterwards, he wasn't in a super hurry to leave. I was texting with uh, Mike Dewar, used to run Rhythm and Brews, and now Songbirds. He's a huge fan. I was texting with him back and forth. He's like, go ask him about uh, so-and-so high school. They both, I think, went to the same high school. Mariah Carey apparently went to that high school. Yep, 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 Mariah Carey went there. I probably could have talked to him about something more interesting than Mariah Carey, but I wasn't in shock or, or, or starstruck awe, but... It was, I, I just had no clue as to what I was expecting, and it worked out so damn well. And it just, it made the, even though that was halfway through the trip, just barely, right in the middle of halfway through the trip, and I was like, if there was any question as to whether I, I should have done this and come out here and spent a lot of money and, and, and moved really fast and traveled the way we did, which I'll get into more in a minute, every question was answered right there in that morning. I had a, eggs and potatoes or some shit i don't even remember what it was and a bloody mary and then i got a uber ride back which i'll tell you more about the uber ride back here in just a minute when i get back after the first segment i'm just gonna do three quick segments again i apologize for the vagueness of the beginning of this show get a hold of me and uh, i will less vaguely tell you a little bit about the situation and for the sake of somebody or maybe more than one that might you know have some repercussions it probably would be better that it does die down but from this for the sake of exposing frauds and fake outrage types it's a shame if it does it's one of those you know double-edged swords i've used several cliches here i apologize death by a thousand cuts double-edged sword i should come up with something a little bit uh, more creative but like i said i'm just flying by here with just a notepad as a matter of fact this yellow notepad that i carry around with me a lot it's very similar to the yellow notepad that Tony Kornheiser uses every night on Part of the Interruption. And this is the coolest thing that I did get when I was putting together the show the other day, doing the elements and the, and the imaging, the sound and the music and the, and the audio, was that I was trying to find the PTI uh, television show 
theme song, and I couldn't find it. But I found this song. It's it's a, by Pavement. I don't even know what it's called. Uh, a band from the 1990s, and uh, it's a, the, they, the song somehow became a version of it. It was inspired to make a theme song for PTI. I couldn't find out a whole lot more than that, but after all these years, a band from the 1990s, my favorite time of, of the world, the history of the world, and one of my favorite shows, never knew it. You learn something new every day, or at least you should, even if it's not important. So after all these years, I had no idea how the song was put together. I still couldn't f figure out where the original version is, and I may, might, probably just gave up a little early because it takes a while sometimes to put all this stuff together. So this is Pavement, and if you know the PTI jingle, you can hear it. It sounds a lot like it. Coming up next, I'm going to tell you about the sightseeing inside of D.C. and some of the travel issues I had on the front end. And in the final segment, I'll talk about getting stuck in the airport and traveling all the way around and my thoughts on flying because I don't do it very often. So I have a very different perspective than people who do it with regularity. And there's certain charms to it, but it runs out after a while. I'll get to both those segments coming up next. This is the Stone On Air podcast. I appreciate you guys finding the show each and every week. I'll have one here on the 16th. Also have one later in the middle of the week and we'll see how stories unfold as to what that show will be about. My thoughts on DC, Maryland, Camden Yards and Nationals Park coming back. Now back to more Stone on Air. That's exactly what I wanted to hear. Stone on Air. Too late. Hey, guess who's here? <laughs> what are we serving tonight? Chicken or chicken? <laughs> what a nice surprise. They said we were going to be shorthanded this leg. You two take coach. Owen, oh, could you handle the announcements? Okie dokie. No problemo. You're going to know we're bogus. Relax. Okay, folks, the guy in front of you is Tommy. He'll be taking you through my little spiel here. Exits. Okay, there's one back here. And there's uh, probably one over by the wing somewhere, usually. And what about seat belts? Too fasten. Take the little end and stick it in the big end and... You know what? If you guys don't know how to use a seat belt, just ring your call button and Tommy will come back there and hit you on the head with a tack hammer because you're a retard. Okay, and life preservers. These we may need. Although, what are the odds of us actually hitting a leg? My money says, if anything, it's going to be a mountain. To inflate, put it around your neck and yank down on the tail. No! He's a big dumb animal, isn't he, folks? Oh, my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up. Yes, it's John Denver's classic by Driving a Crime. This is the most listened to podcast in the city of Chattanooga, and I appreciate you guys finding it. We're leaving on a jet plane.
And I'll get into more of this into the final segment. Um, the, not traveling much via air, there's a lot of charming things about flying to me. And maybe charming is the wrong word because maybe not a damn bit of it's charming. But the hassles, the inconveniences just aren't that big a deal to me. And I kind of spend an in- entire day when I do these kinds of traveling, traveling, because I don't, I, I spend tiny, tiny amounts of money, as, as little as I can, to travel wherever I'm going, because I'm not a very uh, rich person. I'm not rich at all. I'm not wealthy. I have enough money to get by, but cutting corners on things like flying when I'm traveling for a half week or closer to a week, that's a big very important part of it so i don't mind i always do connectors i get the cheapest flight i can find and so it sometimes and many times almost actually almost all the time it takes me at least a half a day to get where i'm going and sometimes an entire day where i'm going so i have to fly i don't have to but i usually do uh with xanax so yeah i'm right here come get me i take xanax occasionally when i fly Without a prescription, you know, take me to jail, I guess. It's the only time that I want it because I just need, I just need to be relaxed and settle down. I also, I don't, I'm not scared of flying. I get a little, you know, when you take off and land, just a little touch of, all right, I hope this, uh, hope this goes all right. Take some Xanax, pop in some earbuds, find a podcast to listen to, listen to some music. You ain't all that worried about it. <laughs> I mean, that's just kind of what that drug does. So on the way there... We left at, uh, when I say we, me and my brother, we left at uh, 9 in the morning was when we first flew out to Atlanta, and then we, uh, I purposely got a, a long layover so we could stop at the, I like getting beers and food, even if it's a place that's not all that great in, in airports. Again, the charming inconveniences of some of this, I, I kind of like. So we had a couple hours to kill there, ate and drink, and um just as good a mood as I could be. And then we flew into Baltimore, probably got there around, oh, hell, I don't remember. Xanax also kind of zaps your memory. Uh, probably around three. And so then we get an Uber from Baltimore to D.C. And we're staying at this in D.C. down by National Stadium. Pretty cool little neighborhood, Airbnb, uh, newer development, pretty much a lot. It seems like most of these areas are they're real small apartments, barely kind of apartments. I would imagine a lot of it's is an Airbnb kind of place. It's on just down from Capitol Hill. And so we I basically pass out in the back seat on the way to DC. So I don't have any recollection of that. Then we get in, wake up, go eat, go have a f- few drinks at a few bars in this neighborhood called and I it's hard to remember how to say it right because it's almost spelled by like Barack, but it's Barracks, Barrack Row. Handful of um pretty cool bars, a handful that kind of sucked. Looked like there was a pretty cool theater there. It was it was it was neat enough, and it was one of those you don't know what you don't have. Like I don't know where else there is to be. As far as I was concerned, it seemed like a pretty cool place to be. So I was happy about that. And so then I crash out that night, sleep till pretty late the next day. And so that's a Sunday, and it was pretty cold while we were there the whole time in the mid 40s for highs. But on Sunday, crystal clear blue skies with puffy white clouds. You know, perfect kind of a picturesque setting to go do a little sightseeing. Well. We don't know where the hell anything is, and uh, we walk. We find the Capitol, which is which is which is so cool. Such a great looking building. Saw the um, Supreme Court. Saw two or three other buildings. Didn't know what they were. Then headed towards all but pretty impressive buildings, and some of them I, I saw and took pictures or wrote down, and don't just don't remember. 
and then went towards the uh, Washington Monument, which is a little underwhelming. And I've been to, I was 12 years old probably when we went to D.C. as a family. So I've seen some of these things. I remember being around here, but obviously clearly not the same thing. And we weren't all that far away from being at the mall and all those, and the Lincoln Memorial and all those places we did want to see. But as we kept going for a while, and it's now getting late afternoon, we've been walking miles, miles in different directions. Just so you want to go that way now? Let's go that way. Stopped at a bar too, just to get a beer and just take the place in, have a conversation with a local or a, some tourist, which they're everywhere on this day. It was, again, very nice out, so it was a lot of foot traffic. And that is something I will say about, I bet driving is a disaster there. They make foot traffic incredible. You can get around crosswalks, have crazy long amounts of time to get across. And so I will give Washington, D.C. all the credit in the world for that. You can walk around there. We didn't stop all that much. There's only a handful of times we had to stop at crosswalks. So I'm looking around thinking, God, how awful would it be to be driving around in this mess? But as we got to the Washington Monument, it was getting more and more crowded. And I know my brother really well. I, I can tell when he's getting irritated. I know how he will get more irritated. And I know how to stop his irritation in a setting like that. Making him more irritated would be, let's push on and hope that we get to see more. And he would have done it just because he's being cooperative, but it would have continued to his irritation. I get these, I think he was just getting tired of walking. And at this point, I didn't really care. So I just said, all right, you know what? You're right. We've walked a lot of miles. We're both getting close to hungry. Let's go back to the, to the barracks row and, and, and do that again for the evening. We walked back, got half lost, took us forever. But it, you know, and, and it was all good. So totally cool with all that. But didn't get to see any of the bigger stuff. But I knew that the chances were that that wouldn't happen. So we eat and we drink. And then the next day I go to Kornheiser's. So then I'm Ubering back from Kornheiser's Monday morning on the 9th. And I get in this Uber with this guy. This is the kind of fascinating stuff that just makes life incredible. I, got, I wish I remember his name. I tipped him big time. I, I'd love to try to seek him out on, on a Facebook or something. He's from Ghana. Somewhere in Africa. I don't know if it's South Africa or West Africa, but he's from Ghana. Had a pretty heavy accent, but spoke you know perfect English. And he takes me an entirely different way back than it took me to get there. And it took a little while, but an Uber fare is what the Uber fare is. And he basically was a tour guide, like an unpaid tour guide. He drove me to where the, uh, <clears throat> the vice president lives. I've never once in my life, in all my 38 years of being alive, I've never once thought about where the... Vice president lives. I know. I, I guess I probably should have, but I never have. Showed me that. Then took me down Embassy Row, which is right down from the vice president's uh, house. And so there is China, and there's UK, and there's a uh, wherever else. Whole row of that. I didn't know there was an Embassy Row. So then go, we go down this stretch. It's almost like Riverfront Drive in downtown Chattanooga, except much longer, where the uh, Potomac River is separating Washington D.C. And Virginia, and take this whole roundabout away, saw the Lincoln Memorial, saw whatever else I can't even remember at this point. At that point, I was just like, this is, so, you know, this is coming off the glow of eating you know, at the, at the restaurant and meeting Tony Kornheiser and actually talking to him for 90 seconds. And then getting to see all this from a great vantage point on a crisp, clear, uh, just cool morning. And then you know, took me back, dropped me off. And I was like, that, <laughs> so I got to see all those things I wanted to see. And so it was just kind of one of those serendipitous kind of things. 
And so that's it for D.C. I mean, that's it. We went out again. Uh, let's see. That was the ninth. So we were going to the Nats-Braves game that night. Awful stadium. Big slab of white concrete. Nothing too cool to say about it whatsoever. Braves got beat down by one. You know, the Nats are a great team. And it was spitting rain and 40 degrees, maybe 30-something degrees by the time the game was over. So I'm glad we went. But, it, you know, that was a little forgettable, certain parts of that. And so that night we order a pizza and we get some drinks just back at the Airbnb and sit around and just crash it out. Totally cool. So now Tuesday we're on our final full day, and we get this is our this is where we're stupid people again, and uh, or well maybe the first major time as far as traveling blunders, and so we stop at this this other place that we hadn't been to yet that turned out to be real good to do a quick uh, uh, lunch, and we're going to Baltimore to go to the Baltimore. Orioles Toronto Blue Jays game at Camden Yards I'm a ballpark snob I am very picky on what I consider good ballparks many people think that where the lookouts play oh that's a that's a cool park no that place sucks it works just fine for watching a ball game but from a critiquing and artistic stylistic kind of eye for a ballpark that place sucks just like Washington National Stadium totally sucks works had fun but it's it's not uh, it doesn't have any of those characteristics or character in any way. Always heard Camden Yards does. Can't wait to get there. But for another charming kind of way to travel, I thought, why don't we take the, the bus? We'll take the train, not the bus, the train, which they have the Amtrak that runs from Union Station. It's like an airport, except it's a train running. I've never been anything like this before. So they have what would be considered, like, if you want for just reference point, a MARTA system, like an Atlanta train and then they have an Amtrak train train. Now, you know, I can go all, we can go all the way to Boston in. And so I just didn't know. Again, ignorance of just learning things that you've just never been around before. So we get on the damn Marta-style train, and the dude there is helping us figure out how to get tickets. He goes, yep, you get on here, and you go all the way down here, go as far as you can, and then you get off there, and you get on, and you're, and you're right there on your way to Baltimore. Yeah, couldn't be more wrong. Couldn't be any more wrong. We just rode around in downtown D.C. for about an hour and ended up at Union Station eventually. And at that point, we didn't know how Union Station worked. We didn't really care anymore. Back to brother getting irritated thing. I could tell it was starting. I said, all right. And I was getting close to it, too. Let's just Uber. It's also my turn to pay for the Uber. So he was even more wanting to do it because he didn't cost my brother anything. It was my turn. So this guy that picks us up is a uh, great conversationalist. We talk about everything from from Trump to Clinton to Obama to uh, monuments like uh, the Confederate soldiers and all the hot topics of the last year. And we just kind of bounce ideas of what we think about them. I don't know why it just sort of happened. And so that was fine enough. Then we get up in Baltimore. We just have a hotel room next to the airport. We go over the stadium. And I just I won't bore you with 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 a lot on it, but man, Camden Yards, if you're a baseball fan, you have to go to. It is absolutely incredible. There's a couple of bars outside that we went to. I'm sure there's several others. We just we only had about an hour and a half before the game, but Pickles Sports Bar and Sliders side Sliders, I think. Pickles was great. Sounds stupid. Pickles. It's it's pretty darn cool. Not quite as cool as this, but if you've been to the Wrigley Field, think Murphy's outside of center field. Pickles has got this, a, a similar field uh, right outside of the outfield as well. Just incredible ballpark. It was cold. Uh, again, we didn't care who won, so we left early, went back to Pickles, 
found a big group of people that we kind of befriended. One of them was having a birthday. It was the day after my birthday. No, it was. No, it was the day of my birthday. Sorry. No, it was the day of on the 10th. Taking Jaeger shots. You know how all that goes. Uber back to the hotel. Get there. No problem. Crash out. Wake up. No problem. Get to the airport. No problem. We're back in Atlanta. And for some reason, I let my brother take care of navigating when we got there. I don't know why. Maybe I was just exhausted. And he was kind of taking charge. He had to go to work the next day. I've been off. I was going to be off for the next five days. And so he's like, all right, all right, let's go, let's go. We don't want it. And we had no time to stop and do anything. And somehow he puts us on the wrong train or a train that we shouldn't have been on at all. No train at all. We, should, we shouldn't have been doing those, you know, it, the subway style of Atlanta, Hartsfield International stupid things that can take you forever. We pick his mess of an airport ever. And we end up on the wrong area. And he, we realize that once we get there and we're like, oh, shit. And so I... I wouldn't have cared missing the flight and just would have gone later. But he, you know, we got to go, go, go. So we're running, home alone style, through the damn airport. I mean, running right, like, oh, I mean, just, oh, I can barely do this. We missed the damn flight by, like, five minutes. So we wait on the next plane, and uh, it's full. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get out here. I'm going to finish my thought on that and then wrap up the show all the way around because I've already taken up in the neighborhood of, I don't know, 35 minutes of your time just talking about nothing about other, other than a trip that you might not have any interest in. So I'm going to get out right now. I'll tell you how that getting back to Chattanooga thing went and put the wraps on the show coming up next. This is the most listened to, the most downloaded, the most easily accessible podcast in the city of Chattanooga. Like, share, and always love. Rate and review if you get a chance, especially at iTunes. And I'll be right back. Connecting flight, and I was wondering, do you know the gate? Bye bye. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm just about to bye go. Bye bye. But if you just wait. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Today, peg leg. Today. Oh. Come on. Bye-bye. Good, good, good. I guess this is the part of the trip where we all wait for you. How fun. Okay. Bye bye. I'm sorry, I just broke my leg. How strange. I swear she said bye bye, yet I still see your mouth flapping. Yeah, but I. Uh, that. Uh, there it is again. The flapping mouth. How odd. Bye-bye. I'm going to be waiting for you outside in the terminal. Great. Bye-bye. No, 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 no. There's more. I'm going to pound your face in. Okay, Slick. Bye-bye. Okay, I'm going to destroy you. Bye-bye. I am going to kick the crap out of you. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Knock-knock. Who's there? Bye-bye. I don't get it. There's nothing to get. Bye-bye. Hi, uh, could you arrange for me? uh, Bye-bye. Yeah, bye-bye. I have this carry-on, and I was just wondering. Here's me. Bye-bye. Here's you. I want to say something important. Me. 
Bye-bye, you. I'm Joe Carrion. Let me through. I'm a big man. I don't check nothing. Me. Bye-bye, you. I'm cool. I wear a suit. No way am I a loser. Well, you're a number one. <laughs> I absolutely love it. Widespread panic and airplane. That's okay. At Stone on Air and all social media. I'm easy to find. So we're stuck in um, Atlanta for a little while. Now, once that next flight is full, we go bouncing around trying to figure out how this is going to work. And the next several only have one, two, or three seats left. And before I get to that, I, we were actually, I was treated really well on this trip, and I normally am. And I think the, the airport is another thing. It's, I talked about the DMV being more about the people who are there and how they act and less about the employees and how they act. And when you have two assholes being assholes to each other, whether they're customers or, or, or personnel, then you just you get a bad situation. Then people walk around and be like, everybody at the DMV sucks. Well, no, sometimes if you're nice to the people at the DMV, they're nice to you. Same deal on airplanes. I know it's a it's a hassle, and you sometimes do have assholes out there. I didn't have many experiences that I at all on this trip, anyway. Other than at one time I got a little bad information, but that's just uh, you know that can happen to anybody. So um, we go check these flights, and he's just like, so the only the only flight that is available, or at least pretty sure available because it's only like half full, is the flight to Chattanooga from Atlanta at 11 p.m. This flight was supposed to leave at 2. We were expecting to be in Chattanooga by 3. My brother has to drive to Knoxville once we get back here to Chattanooga. And he just ha- he has it. He's just, I had it. I am out of here. I'm going to go get an Uber or a Lyft or a something. And I was like, man, whoa, hold on. That sounds like a pretty expensive thing here from Chattanooga, from Atlanta to Chattanooga. And it's, uh, what day of the week was that? That was a, uh, that was a Wednesday at near 5 o'clock. I was like, this sounds awful. He's just like, I don't care. I, don't get, I want to get out of here. I want to get moving. I'm not sitting around here all day and night. So, all right, see ya. <laughs> and that's fine. And so he took off and ended up Ubering back. So I went and found the next flight, and it was full. And then the net, or I'm going to be getting this turned around. And then one of the flights I went that they sent me to was to Bloomington, Indiana. And then I went back and said, hey, and this was where they messed up. I was like, you just, where you just told me to go exactly, that's, that's not it. Oh, okay, it's over here. So then I go, oh, the other one, I find this next one. Oh, well, that one left 30 minutes ago. So I'm just like, what the hell am I supposed to? I'm like, I'm not even mad. I'm a little delirious at this point. And I go have a beer somewhere else, and then I'm tired. I don't even want to drink. I just went and sat and played on my phone for a while, made a few phone calls uh, just to kill some time. And then I finally got a flight and it also worked out better because clearly your your safety in numbers that I'm now I'm down to only one seat, not needing two. I got on the I think it was eight to eight thirty flight, got back to Chattanooga around uh, ten. Ten I might mean, it was closer to ten thirty. I think it was eleven by the time I got home. So it might have been the nine o'clock flight. And so I get on the plane and I get a damn coffee for some reason. And again, I'm just kinda out of my head. And I don't drink coffee a lot, and I and, and just had an extreme overload of calories and sodium and sugar and alcohol and Xanax and now sugar, more sugar and caffeine. And I get on this plane, and it is slammed full. 
and it is it's like a coming some kids coming back from spring break there's a, there's like 10 to 12 people not hooting and hollering but talking really loud and it's a tiny ass plane and it's not it's it's not hot but it's close to it's not cool anyway and and we're not stuck on the runway for a long time but we're not moving fast and i just started feeling awful and finally got back to uh, Chattanooga Airport around 10.30-ish. Got an Uber, got home, no problem. And from that night at 11 o'clock or so on Wednesday, I didn't get out of bed or laying on a couch until Friday at noon. Serious talk. I didn't eat until Friday to 2 or 3 or 4 o'clock. I went 48 hours without one bite to eat. I was just exhausted. And it's, exhaust is not even the right word. I was sick, but sick's not even the right word. I was hungover, but hungover wasn't the right word. My body had just said, that's it. That's enough. Oh, no, I, I stayed plenty hydrated. I wasn't I wasn't nauseous. I wasn't any of those other things you might guess. I just, my, I was just, my whole, it just, my whole body hurt. And it was just lay here for a day and a half. Do not move other than to just get up and, you know, reposition. And I slept most of the hours for a day and a half. And then Friday rolls around, and then I get into Saturday, and I start hearing about the stuff that I talked about at the beginning of the show that I was going to do a whole damn show on, and maybe I still will, depending on how it goes. So that's all I'm going to do for today. I certainly do appreciate it. I actually, at the very end of this run, uh, last night, went to Atlanta for a Atlanta United game. So I actually got to go to the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which... I'll tell you more about it another time. It got thrown at me at the last minute by uh, a great friend of mine who said, I'll get you there, I'll get you back, and it's all paid for. And even though I was still exhausted and really shouldn't have done it, I said, no, <laughs> those opportunities don't come around all that often. And so uh, I did that as well. But back at the grind, will be at the, the feed on Tuesday nights, every Tuesday going forward anyway for live team trivia. And then the podcast for now will still stay on a Thursday. But a dual podcasting week, today the 16th and coming up on the 18th as well. I appreciate you guys. Don't be a fraud. Don't be a liar. Don't be fake outrage guy or girl. Don't pretend to be mad and be that fake outrage type. It's a bad look and it's more dangerous than fake news. Hopefully get into that more later. All right. I got to go. See you later. Take care. Bye.